Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack. And join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Go. And a good morning, Birds fans. It's another countdown day here on Birds 365. We're getting that much closer to the start of the 2022 season for the Philadelphia Eagles. You got John McMullen and Jerry McDonald hanging with you for the next two hours. We've got two good guests scheduled to join. We'll give you the details on that in just a couple. Uh, J-Mac, it's going to be a hot one. When, when yeah, you out, man. When you got out with the dog this morning, did you say to yourself, Damn, I'm going to be standing outside in this heat next week when the Eagles actually get it underway for 2022. I actually said I'm glad the Eagles didn't start this week, but it looks like there's eight, nine days. So yeah, I'm going to be I'm going to be uh, stuck in the muck, so to speak, Jody McDonald. Uh, then, so then I'll we'll truly be... be I'll truly be day to day at that point. You know. <laughs> and we'll actually have to cut the Eagles some slack because yeah, every once in a while I give them a hard time because. They bought into this less is more philosophy of uh, not putting in tough times and or activities to get ready for a season. But damn, they're going to stay healthy. Can't get hurt standing around. Oh, you can if it's 100 degrees. And it may well be uh, for one of these upcoming workout days, the Eagle Lab. But yeah, you can't knock them when when you hit triple digits and they're not putting in extra work. No one should be. Uh, But uh, good luck to you outside. I'll be right here in the comfort climbed uh inside uh attitude of uh birds 365 yeah i'm hot right now inside so that's not that's not a good sign Jody. you gotta crank the ac there a little bit, i got please. i got it is, is the wife telling you turn down that ac oh the wife wants it unspeakably cold <laughs> i get i'm i'm the only person in the world who i step outside and i'm overheated the minute i step inside i'm freezing only person well, that's all right uh, that that's a good thing uh, that my, my wife would score points if that were her attitude i'd love to have the ac cranked myself as well all right j mac here's where i want to start today uh, a couple different guys media members your uh, pals who you cover the birds with have uh, tried to set the table for nick sirianni for the start of the season uh, this way that the Eagles go about their practice is going to be the way it's going to be. Uh, the players they've added, the different look to the roster, we're going to ferret out over time. But a head coach is starting his second year. Last year when Nick Sirianni was hired, 
nobody knew diddly about Nick Sirianni in this town. Yeah. Um, it was a Frank All Reich, from radar, to say the least. Exactly. Frank Reich's right-hand man who hadn't made major NFL waves. And there was a little fear that it's Jeffrey Lurie again, not wanting to step out of his comfort zone and hire someone that uh, he had a, uh, a tie to. And that tie was Frank Reich which was Doug Peterson, and Doug Peterson got the job because he had his tie dandy right. The only time they've stepped out of their comfort zone uh, was Chip Kelly, and we know how that ended. So, uh, yeah, the Eagles are going back to the tried and true. Yeah, who can we really sit down and say, is this guy going to work as our new head coach? Well, Sirianni came in, had his stumbling, bumbling, fumbling first press conference. From there on in, it's been pretty damn good. I had a yeah. nice, solid first year. Um, became a guy who I think the players could trust and the media started to like him a little bit and he likes to tell stories and grow plants. And uh, I think the, the the town really warmed up to Nick Sirianni over the course of the year. And they should have because not too many people, yours truly included, thought the Eagles would be a playoff team in, Frank, in Nick Sirianni's first year. And they were just that. What does he do for an encore, Johnny Mac? Yeah, I mean, it's tougher when the expectations are raised. I think, you know, the Eagles are really good. And I talked about it this year with Jalen Hurts. They're really good at uh, uh, making people forget about what they actually wanted. Uh, they didn't want Nick Sirianni to be the head coach. I mean, remember, they got uh, they got a late start in the, in the process because they were hemming and hawing with Doug Peterson. They were going back and forth, and Doug finally put his foot down and said, no, I'm going to, I'm going to need press Taylor. I'm going to need Matt Burke. I'm going to need Corey Unlin. Uh, and if not, um, I don't want to be the coach. So they got a late start. I think people forget that they were on the same train as everybody else. They wanted Arthur Smith. They wanted Robert Sala. Um, they were too late in the process. They actually got those guys uh, to, to take interviews. Brandon Staley, they didn't even get to take an interview. Um so the other guy they were interested in, um, that would have been interesting to have Brandon. I don't, I don't think Jonathan Gannon. I always say, you know, they were going to hire Jonathan Gannon. Would have been interesting if they hired Brandon Staley for the reason they're best friends, but they're also best defensive, uh, both defensive minded. So you become less important if the head coach is a defensive guy. But the Eagles probably were never going to, I'm going down a wormhole. They were probably never going to hire a defensive guy, but they wanted to interview him. Josh McDaniels did an all from the job, but Howie Roseman recommended they hire uh, uh, Josh McDaniels. And, and that was, you know, his thought process. I don't think that would have worked. And I give Jeffrey Lurie credit for putting the kibosh on that. Um, I just don't think those two personalities would have gotten along maybe for a short term would have been fine, but I think ultimately they would have butted heads. And I think he was going to keep interviewing people and interviewing people and interviewing people until he got somebody they liked better than Josh McDaniels. And that happened to be Nick Sirianni won them over. And yeah, I do think part of it is at this, at some point, I think they interviewed 10 different people. At some point, you put your hands up and call Andy Reid or Frank Reich and say, all right, what should we do? Uh, and that's sort of how they landed on Nick Sirianni. 
again, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. He's to me was the best rookie head coach. By, by I don't want I don't want Arthur Smith here. I you know, look, he doesn't have a lot of talent, but I think you saw week one last season the difference right off the bat. I'm I'm not high on him at all. Um, Robert Sally, you probably know better than me, Jody, but. I'm not thrilled with Robert Sala. Now there's a process in this. Obviously the Jets have to add talent and, you know, maybe Zach Wilson turns the corner, but I wasn't overly impressed with him. The Eagles were supposed to stink too last year and they didn't stink. Now, you know, they didn't beat good teams. We know that you can be honest about that, but they beat teams they were supposed to beat. And that's half the battle in the NFL. I, I thought he did a very good job as a rookie head coach. Everybody learns on the job. Everybody, we've been using that term a lot this week. Startup costs, same thing with coaches. You make a ton of mistakes. He learned from his mistakes in season, which I think is a, a big check mark in his column. A lot of guys can step back after the season and go, oof, I made a mistake here. I made a mistake. He was able to adjust in season in numerous ways. I thought that was a real positive. People like him. He communicates well. Jeffrey Lurie talks about emotional intelligence. I like to roll my eyes when he says stuff like that. But it's real. And he gave a story. You know, he did sort of an off-season thing with with reporters, and that's why you see all the stuff coming up at the, at the same time about Nick. Um we got to talk to him for about an hour. Um, you know, he 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 tells a story, and it rang home for me. And I, I, I if you'll indulge me, Jody, I'm going to try to explain. You know, he's he's in awe of his old college coach, Larry Karras, to the point. You know, we all kind of say you're going to bring him up again, uh, the Mountain Union coach. And he told a story one day about. Um, he held the door for Larry Karras and the coach was talking to somebody else and wasn't paying attention and didn't say, thank you. This is when he was a player and Nick Sirianni spent 48 hours going, Oh crap. Am I in trouble? Uh, Did I do something wrong? Is the coach mad at me? And he was just busy and he wasn't paying attention, but he, he, he recognized from that, that all eyes are on him. From, the, from number one, from quarterback, from Jalen Hurts down to the 53rd, down to the 90th guy on the offseason roster. And he tries to connect with all of them. And he realizes that the way he acts towards those players might mean something. And it might, you know, he might be busy. And he might be doing something else. But he realizes and he tries to engage in everybody. And I, I, I go back to Chip Kelly. I don't, I don't give a rat's ass about if, if a coach calls my name. You know, I Nick does that trick. I, I, I call it the Joe Torrey trick. He, if he says, "Hey, Jody," and and some people are enamored by that, I don't give a flying you know what about that kind of stuff. However, I do remember Chip Kelly, and those were the days we were allowed in the Novacare complex. And if you were walking down the same hall as Chip Kelly, he would not acknowledge you. I mean, his his head would go down. He he wouldn't make eye contact. Nothing. 
he just did not have an, an, an emotional connection with people. Forget about reporters, players, people. Um, he's kind of a weirdo, to be honest. And, you know, Doug Peterson got the job. And I and I told this story numerous times. And Ed Bankin, our old buddy from KYW and WIP, was walking with me down the hall of the Novacare complex. And this is like a couple days after Doug got hired or first training camp. I forget the timing. And he's walking down the hall. And I'm just, I'm expecting Chip Kelly. I'm expecting to walk right by. He's like, how you doing, guys? Talking us up. I'm going, oh, I get what Jeffrey Lurie's talking about, emotional intelligence with, with, with Doug Peterson. Nick has that. Nick has that ability to connect with people. And more than that, he understands in his position, and he, and he gave that example with Larry Karras at, 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 at Mount Union, People are going to react. If, even if he's not cognizant, people are going to react. People are going to look at him, his players. And he's very savvy and very aware of that kind of stuff. Little things like that make a big difference when you're in a position of leadership. And, and good on you, John, in that you say not necessary. But it's also not hard. And no. if Doug... Peterson can do it and Nick Sirianni can do it and Chip Kelly couldn't. Uh, so be it. But you, you have to have that connection with your players if you want your players to go out and uh, overachieve for you and get the job done for you. Yeah, they're self-motivated, but it's never a bad idea to add a little motivation on top of that. And I do believe Nick Sirianni was successful in that way last year. And here's the reason why I asked the question. And again, Eagle fans, this is Jordy McDonald not suggesting this is going to happen. I will take one stand. Uh, I'm not projecting it to happen. I'm just pointing it out that it's a possibility to happen. There is such a thing as regression. Uh, we always think that the next year is going to be better, that every player is going to get better every single year. We realize that Father Time at some point is going to catch up to some guys and they're just not going to be as good in the following year. But I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about, uh-oh, their veteran legs are starting to show a little wear and tear. No, I'm talking about someone who jumps in, performs to a level, and then goes backwards because they might have overachieved in year number one. They might have done better than we thought. And then in that next year, there's a step back. Sometimes it's slightest of slight step back sometimes it's notable sometimes it's oh crap what where where did that come from last year he's just not that good a player and the couple and, and nick falls into that category because it's year two i don't think he will regress but there is the possibility that that is the case eagles had some other guys who stepped up and performed for the first time last year because for most of them it was uh, their first year in the league but for one guy who was a guy who finally got the chance to show how good a football player he is. Here's who I'm asking you about. Devontae Smith had his rookie year, was expected to be good, 900 and change yard, almost 1,000 yards, had to step in as wide receiver one. Rookie shouldn't be asked to do that. He did last year. He's not going to be asked to do it this year. But could he regress? Not impossible. Landon Dickerson, same thing. It was going to be a, uh, a, a redshirt year for Ray Dickerson last year. 
uh, didn't uh, start. Yeah. The he was a camp. luxury pick, like Cam Jurgens. Exactly Jackson. right. And damn yeah. if they had to lean on, and damn if he didn't answer the bell and step in and do an outstanding job. Is there a possibility that here in year two, he could actually take a step backwards? Not impossible. You can't tell me that it's impossible. Um, Kenny Gainwell wasn't overly used last year, but a day three pick who came in and did some nice things for the Eagles. Yeah, they were a uh, running back by committee team, and he just held down his role in the committee. But could he actually, if, be, if called upon and asked to do more this year, actually do less? And T.J. Edwards, your guy, um, who was a nice backup linebacker, don't uh, break glass in case of emergency kind of guy. Well, they did, and damn if he didn't respond and have an outstanding season. Sirianni, Gainwell, um, T.J. Edwards, Devontae Smith, Landon Dickerson, that's five guys who got their first chance to prove their worth last year. Of those five, which one do you think is most likely to take a step in regression? Hmm. That's a good question. Of those five, I'd have to go Nick or TJ. And TJ's my guy. But, uh, you know, I could see Devontae Smith taking a step back from a production standpoint uh, simply because he's no longer the wide receiver one. He's going to be the wide receiver two. But I think he's going to get better as a player, if that makes sense. Um Kenny Gainwell, same thing. I, I, I don't. I think Kenny's success was a little bit overstated. I think he's only going to. In fact, he was benched. I mean, people kind of forget that. Um, I think it hurt him the COVID year. He sat out. I think he's going to be much better. To be honest, I think he would be the one. If you were asking me who's going to go, who's going to improve the most, I would say Kenny Gainwell. Um, simply because I think he has the most room, whereas Devontae and Landon played well. My only concern with Landon is injuries. Like, people kind of gloss that over now. I mean, he does have a significant history. But if he's out there, he's going to be a good player. Um, did I miss anybody? No, that's that's everybody. Um, the coach? Yeah, I mean, expectations are higher, Jody. So it, I always talk about perception versus reality. He might be a better coach, but but it might be perceived he's doing a worse job um, if, if the expectations are out of whack. And with some people, I've already seen it, and I talked about that with Bo Wolf yesterday. With some people, they're out of whack. So if they're expecting Super Bowl run, well, the perception might be, oh, Nick's done this, Nick can't do this, Nick do that. So I think he's going to be better coach, but you got to watch. Coaches have to live in that world of perception. That's big for them. Let's be honest. And that is driven by expectations. Johnny's got his. I got mine. You guys have yours. We're going to add a third member to the mix and see where his expectations are coming in these days. He is the voice of the Philadelphia Eagles and Espanol. Uh, you certainly recognize him from hosting shows on WIP here in town. Uh, Ricky Ricardo. He's going to jump aboard with us next here on Birds 365. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story. 
and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Appreciate you jumping in here on Birds 365 with the Mac and Mac guys. All right, our first guest of the day is grinding through a baseball season. I haven't been all that yeah. grind. His team seems to win every night. Uh, Yankees best uh, first half of any team in Major League Baseball. But before you know it, September's going to be here, and he's going to have to split his time on the turnpike between calling Yankee baseball and Eagle football and Espanol. The voice of the Philadelphia Eagles in uh, Spanish. Our buddy Ricky Ricardo joined us here on Birds 365. Que pasa, amigo? Good morning, gentlemen. Everything is well. I am recovering quickly here in the last 48 hours from a little eye surgery. So uh, we're, we're back up and running. And I would only get up this early in the morning for two people. My wife and John McMullen. And I'm actually- oh. <laughs> I appreciate that, Ricky. Uh, yeah, Jody. Jody told me guilted you in uh, to getting up this early. Uh, it's a pleasure to be with you. Obviously. Now, uh, is it LASIK surgery? I no. see. I thought. I thought you would have to rest your voice from calling all those home runs. You gotta. You gotta rest the pipes. I mean, there's so many home runs 
uh, from that Yankees team. I thought it would be about that. No, the, the, pipes are, no, the pipes are getting a rest here for for a couple of – well, the Yankees have a doubleheader for Pete's sake tomorrow. Uh, we, we get back before everyone else does. Because it's all because of the lockout. But the yeah. Yankees Houston tomorrow, and they have a 110 game and a 640 game. And before they fly and go to Baltimore for the weekend. No, it was not LASIK. Uh, it was actual surgery surgery to uh, get the glaucoma out of my left eye before I go blind. Oh. And that uh, we've got a new lens, the whole thing. It's still a little bit blurry. It's going to take a few days to, you know, for everything to come into focus. But uh, hopefully, and I have some of the best doctors in the Philadelphia area, Dr. Mary Jude Cox and the great people at Will's Eye, who are some of the best in the country at, at what they do. Uh, and they've, uh, they've told me that, uh, you know, I won't miss any more home runs. And, and I'll know exactly what yard line that the ball is at this year. Okay, so I, I won't. Ha- I won't need a spotter anymore. How about that? Here's more good news. Uh, one of the Eagles' key offseason additions can't be missed. That's Jordan Davis on the defensive line. He's a big sucker, Ricky. <laughs> yeah. Even you, uh, while getting better over the glaucoma surgery, you should be able to pick him out without much of a problem. Jordan Davis at all? Do you like the Eagles' offseason's additions? Do you think Howie Roseman upgraded this roster enough? to uh, put the Eagles on top and a potential division winner? I do. Uh, I think Howie did an extraordinary job. I'm looking to crawl, walk, and run with this team. And what I mean by that is I want to win the NFC East before we can even talk about anything else. You've got the Dallas Cowboys, which I took, I think took a step back this offseason. For some reason, I, and maybe I'm, I'm completely off base here, but it feels like Dallas took a step back in several directions. I'm more concerned about the team to my, let me see where I'm sitting in North Jersey right now, the team slightly to my West down route three here. I'm more concerned about the rise of the giants. For some reason, my gut tells me the commander situation in Washington is maybe at a kind of a standstill. Maybe it didn't get better. didn't get worse. They did re-sign the, you know, the, uh, the, the good receiver that they've got. Uh, but I think Howie did a hell of a job putting together this roster. It's all going to come down to the quarterback, but there are some spots where there was a lot of improvement made that I'm really looking forward to watching. Uh, how do you think those expectations, you know, I think you're right, Ricky. I think Dallas has taken a step back. Uh, but I think, you know, uh, with that comes enhanced expectations and the playoff berth that people didn't expect last season plays into it. So now all of a sudden you're a playoff team. You're expected to be a playoff team again. You still have a very young head coach. You still have a very young quarterback, as you mentioned. Can those expectations, you deal with it all the time with the Yankees, you know expectations there. Mm -hmm. Can that factor in and, and be a negative, especially for a young team? Oh, absolutely. I, I think there is a there's a weight that comes with with this kind of uh, of expectation with, with this kind of prelude to this team. I'm not sure whether there are certain guys that are going to have sophomore quote unquote sophomore slumps or things of that nature. The, the health issue has been huge, you know, with this team over the years. Depth. If there's one thing about this roster that worries me is depth. 
if you get a key injury in certain spots here, the depth is 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 very very thin. So you know, things could turn around on a dime. Now it bothers me that a lot of people are are, are saying, "Well, Detroit opening day—that's a win." I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. Opening day, everyone's a Super Bowl contender. Yeah. You know, I hate playing bad teams not, early they, in the season. The, the Lions aren't. Come on, let's be serious. The Lions no, but, are not. A, super, but, even on opening day, the Lions aren't a Super Bowl contender. But I hear what Rick, what Ricky's saying. From my mentality is, you want to play a bad team late in the season when they know they're bad. Exactly. Everybody's fired up mm-hmm. for the opener, the home opener. Even the Detroit Lions. If you're going to lose to a bad team, you're probably going to lose to them early in the season before they realize how bad they are. I, I, I agree 100%. And, you know, that the expectation question for me really comes into play right off the top. Get through that road game on opening day, and you're going to come back and play a, a, a Viking team that I really can't put my finger on. How good are they? You know, Nobody Kirk Cousins, does he take a step forward this year? You know, is it one of those one of those big events? You know, it's a weird two games on the same night, Monday night or on the 19th. There's yeah. just a lot of different factors involved here. I'll, if they can get by these first two games, believe it or not, it may sound weird. To me, the heat of the season raised right off the top because the expectation factor is there. If everything goes to form and as to plan and what we think is logical that they beat the Lions, that they come home and take care of business against the Vikings, okay. Well, now we're on track. We're 2-0. and Let's move forward here. But it's really it's, – it's slipping right at the top of the season that bothers me the most. Ricky Ricardo here with us on Birds 365. All right, Rick. Everybody talks about the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, they should. We don't have a finished product in Jalen Hurts. We saw him take steps last year, uh, kind of came back down to earth in the playoff game against Tampa. And now people everywhere want to speculate on what kind of quarterback uh, Jalen Hurts is going to be. I am of the belief that we're not going to know until after your two most important games of the year, the first two. Uh, everyone wants to be able to depict what kind of player he's going to be by how he looks in playoffs, by how he's going to play in these uh, controlled scrimmages. And, yeah, I don't think he's going to play in any of those preseason games. He didn't last year. Why should we think he is going to be this year? When is Ricky Ricardo going to know what kind of quarterback Jalen Hurts is going to be in his third year in the NFL? Good question. You know, he, he is he's one of these guys that's a real head-scratcher to me. I can't question his work ethic. I love every all the intangibles about this guy. I love it's the tangibles. Yeah, I know. That it's I backwards. Have, that it's totally, it's backwards. Yeah. About it, it's usually the other way around. With a young quarterback, you can see the talent clearly, and you wonder about the intangibles. With Hertz, is completely the the opposite. I love all the intangibles. I'm still not sold on the basic quarterback talent of this guy how long will it take i'll give you a i'll tell you what if by the time the yankees are either a eliminated from the playoffs in late october early november or we have a parade down the canyon of heroes in lower manhattan that time frame 
six to eight weeks from the beginning of the season. That's how long I'm, I'm going to give enough rope for Jalen Hurts looking at the schedule. But by the time they get to the bye week in mid-October, I think we'll know what we've got on our hands one way or the other. Uh, well, if you take that sort of sentiment back to last season, Ricky, and the Eagles got off to the bad start, they had the great opener in Atlanta, and then all of a sudden they're two and five. They got to scale back the offense. They got to go from pass heavy to run first. Um, more than Jalen's personal play, would that tell you something? In other words, are the Eagles going to go into this season and saying, we got to see if this guy can throw the football? So, in other words, exactly what they did at the beginning of last season. And if they scale back, even if they're five and two, forget the record, mm-hmm. and they say, we're not throwing the football well, but we're running it well, and this becomes a run first, run heavy, whatever you want to call a team, is that more important than any statistic or 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 – benchmark, anything you want to call it from a yardage standpoint with Jalen Hurts? Well, if that's the case, John, then the guy becomes a game manager to me. Yeah. If we're going to scale back again, either we have got a guy that's going to take a step forward, become a legitimate thrower of the football, or we're going to become a system offense and – have things work the the way they did second half of last year where Hertz was basically, I don't know, uh, Trent Dilfer, uh, you know, uh, of of the old Raven teams that if we fall into that trap, then you can just replace Hertz with just about anybody. You want to bring Jimmy Garoppolo in here? You you can do that. So I, I want to see the guy become the dynamic Game winner, not game manager, not the guy that just don't lose the game for me. No, I want to see Jalen Hurts become a ball in his hands with a minute and a half left in the game and you're down four. A field goal's not going to help you. And he's going to march down the field and get a win out of a situation like that. Not a game manager, not a guy that we're going to scale back because we're not convinced. If we get to that point, then we may as well at the end of the season just you know start from scratch and look for another QB. So no, I, I'm either I'm rolling the dice with this guy. Either we're going to get the most out of Jalen Hurts and he is going to reach a level that we're comfortable with for now and a long time to come, or we're going to Plan B at some point and moving on from him and looking at someone else. All right, Ricky, you shared an interesting take with us right off the bat that you think those two games that start the season this year could be huge for the Eagles. I want to look at the full 17-game sched. Uh, Off the top of your head, 17 matchups this season. How many do you think are against teams that made the playoffs last year? Well, I've got the list right in front of me. Uh, I guess there aren't many, Jody. Correct. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I'll give you the, the Cowboys twice. It's six. Cowboys okay. twice. Green Bay, Tennessee. Right. Arizona. Mm-hmm. And the Steelers. Everybody forgets the Steelers snuck yeah, into the, the playoffs. With, yeah. and, and these aren't even the same Steelers. Right. No. Big Ben. Of those six, 
how many of those teams were winners in the postseason? Oh, yeah. Ooh. Dallas got eliminated. Steelers got eliminated. Okay, I see where you're going here, Jody. Yeah, zero. That would be an offer. Mm -hmm. So in their 17 games they've got on the sked this year, not one team was a playoff winner last year. I think they would dealt a pretty soft hand here, Ricky, and that's oh, why yeah. I think we can we, we want to always temper the optimism, but it should be there because they got an easy schedule again. I know they got some breaks last year with some injuries, and they played eight-string quarterbacks, but um, th th there's not a killer murderer's row on the Eagles getting on this year either, Ricardo. No, there is a uh, – at what point there do we have, I think, a like a three-game road trip? There's a three-game road trip smack in the middle of December. Yeah. All right, now that ends, ends on Christmas Eve in Dallas in North Texas. We're, we're talking about between my birthday, which is December 4th, against the Titans. From that point, they don't play another home game until New Year's Day. Basically, you're talking about the entire month of December on the road. Now, those three opponents are the Giants, the Bears, and that Christmas Eve uh, matchup at the Dallas Cowboys. That could come into play, and I get their week. Look, I love Jody, you're right. I love this schedule. Now, as we all know, in the National Football League, the schedule is only worth who's on your schedule for the following week because of injuries, the way, you know, way things play out. So to look at the schedule from a distance and say, yes, if, if you're going by results from last year, this schedule right here is fantastic and something they can work from. But I tell you what, that if there's anything that even resembles a bit of a gauntlet, it's the month of December with three straight on the road when you're trying to maybe hopefully wrap up a, a, a either a division or at least a, a wild card playoff spot. Yeah, and that's a tough spot. If you need that game to win the division in Dallas on Christmas Eve as the third of a three-game road trip in the NFL, which is rare, that is the one tough spot on yeah. that schedule where I say that's not that's not fair. That's not good. That's that's not that's not a good situation for the Eagles. But it is what it is, and you got to fight through it. Mm -hmm. I, you know, Ricky. To me, you know, I think this is a pretty good team. I, I said, if you look at this roster from two to 53, it's, it's darn, it's darn good. It's a playoff team. Mm -hmm. um, depends on the quarterback, if they can be a significant contender. Jody and I got them at 11 wins, looking at that schedule. You know, we all play the wins and losses game, blah, blah, blah. If we're at the same spot we were last year, in other words, you might have a couple more wins, 11 wins. You get to Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs and you get waxed again. What do you do? What do you do? Yeah. <laughs> There's the conundrum with the with the future of this roster. It, it is was it Jalen Hurts when we get there? Let's say and I agree. I think this is an 11 and 16. But let's say they get to Lambo. Or Lambeau comes to them. I mean, who knows? It, it, maybe Brady comes into Lincoln Financial Field. If they get to one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFC, how do you grade the season? How do you look forward? 
that's the issue. That's going to be the biggest thing for a guy like Howie Roseman to deal with in the offseason. I don't think this team is a Super Bowl contender, albeit I think they take a leap forward. And I agree with you guys. I think they win 11 games. But at the same time, I'm saying, well, they win 11 games. I have them winning the NFC East. So I have them playing at home at least one game in the postseason. But there's going to come a point in the NFC run when when they're going to probably run into, and I'm not so much convinced it's Brady, because I think Taylor Fournette showed up 30 pounds heavy. There's some things going on with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I just don't yeah. trust, you know, they have a new head coach with, you know, Bruce is stepping back. But Green Bay and Rodgers, you're going to have to – to get to a bowl, to get to a Super Bowl, I think you're going to have to go through Lambeau and or at least Aaron Rodgers at some point. And I don't think even an 11-6 and six Eagle team has enough by then to get by the superstar quarterbacks in the conference. Ricky, uh, the Eagles did upgrade the roster during the offseason, A.J. Brown's addition. Uh, yep. Should be a significant one, if not a huge one, for the Birds. Uh, we know what players are returning from last year's team then or previous teams. Who's the most exciting Philadelphia Eagle player to call as a play-by-play guy? Well, I'm hoping this year it's Brown. I'm hoping it is. But yeah, I tell you what, Jody, you know who I've had a, a lot of fun calling and I'm looking forward to this year? I'm looking at the defense, and I'm looking at our corners. I, I think this is going to be a di- with with the uh, the Bradbury addition. I think Darius Slay is going to have a big year this season. I love calling defensive touchdowns, and, and a, a pick six to me as a broadcaster, a pick yeah. six to me yeah. is one of the most exciting plays to call. But I tell you what, I think the addition of Brown is going to most significantly help and i think this year i'm gonna have the guy's name right there at the tip of my tongue but Devonte smith to me takes a big leap this year i am a Devonte smith guy and i think the mere fact that brown's on the other side and hopefully hurts his progression as a quarterback but i think the guy to watch this year i'm a big big supporter and fan of Devonte smith I've got to come up with some catchy stuff for some of his <laughs> touchdown calls. I think I'm going to have a ball calling number six this nice. year. Yeah, you you must have had a ball calling Slay last year with the three defensive touchdowns. The the you know one of his great quotes in, in the Denver game was the city versus the country fumble when <laughs> that that was phenomenal, and he took that home by Teddy Bridgewater who gave the. The uh, Olay as Darius Slay went by. Uh, so, yeah, those defensive touchdowns, I could see it as a broadcaster. Um, the COVID stuff, where are you guys when it comes to doing games, especially road games? Anything getting back to normal or is everything at the link? With you the, know what, no? John, I have no idea. Uh, it, it all depends on Mr. Reese. Whatever yeah. we, we go by, we follow what Mr. Merrill Reese is doing. So if if Merrill and his crew, and now you have all kinds of new variants are coming up. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. 
Um, More than likely, if I haven't heard anything about travel by this point, and I'm talking even preseason. I mean, I know I'll be doing the Jet game. Uh, Jody, who are the Yankees play on that night? The Red Sox. But the Red Sox are 100 games behind the Yankees. (laughs) Oh, take a shot. Why don't you, Ricardo? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> on Friday, August the 12th, it's it's a Yankees at Red Sox game at Fenway Park. <laughs> I am going to do Jets at Eagles, uh, but I'm still not sure about some of these preseason games get broadcast on uh, simulcast. The, the uh, Eagle Spanish broadcast is simulcast to uh, all of Mexico on Mexican television. This year, obviously, there's all the, only the one home game, so that game will be the Jet eagle game on august the 12th but i haven't even been told if uh if there's a road trip to either cleveland or miami for preseason games so my gut tells yeah. me John, that we'll be back to doing remote broadcasts all year from the link look fox nbc cbs the league provides an incredible array of different views the what do they call it? the all twenty two, yeah. which is great with the entire you know scope of the of of the field, uh, and especially for us who don't get the pick of the litter as far as broadcast position is concerned, especially in places like Lambeau where we're basically a broom closet in the, you know out in the corner. Uh, <laughs> I don't mind one bit just driving over to the link to doing doing the road games. Uh, off the monitors. I have no issue with it. But it all depends on one Merrill Reese. Understood. Uh, and Merrill, of course, the voice of the Eagles for, I think it's 3,000 years, but uh, <laughs> I'm an old enough guy that Who's I can take that around longer, Jody? Reese doing the Eagles, Sterling doing the Yankees. Damn, yeah, both of those guys uh, were basically born into those jobs, mm-hmm. uh, two all-time greats. All right, Ricky, uh, as you've mentioned a couple times here, guys you've seen uh, and called with the Eagles and the excitement level that you're going to have this year, uh, you're also a talk show host here in town, which means you've got to deal with Eagle Nation. Yes. Um, you've probably got a pretty good feel on what the Eagle fans are uh, looking for, the level that they put this team coming in. Uh, John and I kicked this back and forth basically on a day-in, day-out basis. The expectations from the Eagles fans. There's the expectations within the Eagles themselves, and Jeffrey Lurie kind of sets the bar on that one. But then there's everybody else. Where do you think the Eagle fans are at right now? A good spot? Got a good grasp on how talented this team is? Where they are in the hierarchy of the NFL? Maybe a little over the top, a little too excited about what this team did during its offseason, how it's going to play out on the field. Can they do any of the fly under the radar thing because they aren't the defending division champions? The Cowboys are. Where do you think Eagle Nation is with this team right now? A good place, a little overly excited, or a little uh, underwhelmed? I'll refer back to the recent quote from J.J. Redick. What was it, Jody? (laughs) About uh, Philadelphia Talk Radio? What was the word he used? I, I'm not sure. <laughs> the what adjective, uh, a little over the top. Oh, no, delirious was the word that JJ Reddick used. I think the Eagles. Somebody fans, just ripped Philadelphia as well. Who? Oh, Papelbon. Papelbon, idiot. Ripped. Yeah. Papelbon. What did Papelbon say? Oh, uh, you didn't hear that? Oh, no. last uh, that Philadelphia is a uh, spit show, show, and you can uh, change you can the say, e out oh, for me. Oh, okay. 
no leadership whatsoever. Bryce Harper is not a leader, never been a leader, never going to be a leader. The Phillies are never going to make the playoffs ever again. Well, Papelbon had a fist fight with Bryce Harper, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, delirious, I believe, was the uh, the adjective that Reddick used. Look, uh, this the fan base is so hungry for a winner, and they lean on the Eagles because, obviously, it's the team that has brought them the latest – albeit now going back to 2018. But, you know, the latest version of all-out joy came from the team dressed in green. Correct. Now, I do think that the sky's falling if there's a loss anywhere in here early in the season. We're, we're going to hear that. Uh, you know, the sky's falling, the, the world's ending. It's an apocalyptic situation. If they lose uh, <laughs> any of uh, look, I could see them maybe going to Arizona – and maybe getting tripped up. But let's say that, you know, you going to Washington, you guys. That would be a tough one. Washington. That would be a tough one. Or yeah. Doug coming here and winning. Doug coming here with Jacksonville winning. That now, Doug ugly. comes in and, 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 yeah. and wins a game at Lincoln Financial Field. Yeah, it, 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 the sky's falling. Uh, you know, the levity would be very, very high. According to... <laughs> To, to answer your question, I, I think the expectation level is so high that it might be I, – I, I'd rather it get tempered down a little bit. Let's sneak up on some people. We're not the division winner. You know, uh, Vegas and, and most of the places uh, you know, that I look at for, for numbers and odds still have the Cowboys as the favorite to win the NFC East. So why don't we just – be real quiet, as they said in the cartoons, and sneak up on everybody and enjoy this thing week to week instead of already throwing it out there that we're a playoff team. Here we come. We've got an easy schedule and hit a brick wall at some point and hurt ourselves on the head. At RR underscore Ricardo F-A-N. You see it right there. Follow Ricky on Twitter. Listen to him on WIP the voice in Spanish of the Yankees, occasionally in English when John yeah. Sterling takes it. Got a few of those a day off or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, voice of the Eagles in Spanish. Uh, John is famous for his home run calls, Ricky. What's your favorite home run call for the Yankees? What player? Well, I don't have them individualized, but my favorite home run call in Spanish is Giancarlo Stanton. Simple, and Aaron Judge, well, Judge is easy because there's so yeah, many yeah, ways yeah. you can go with it, you know, in either language. But Giancarlo Stanton, if you if if the old saying is he hit that ball a ton, right? In Spanish, a ton is una tonelada. That's a ton. So a tonelada goes very easy with a stand tonelada. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so, yeah, and his mom loves it, you know, when I call him Gian- Giancarlo Michael Cruz, <laughs> his entire name. So we get a kick out of uh, the uh, the All-Star Game MVP and calling his home runs. It's a stand tonelada. Very good, uh, Mr. Ricardo. Well, we'll let you get uh, the rest of the Yankee season in, but looking forward to getting you back down to uh, the press level at Lincoln Financial Field. I think we're sitting on a good season, Ricky. Maybe I'm guilty of uh, one of those guys who's going to overstate the Eagles' chances this year, but I do. 
I think I they're going to win the division. Uh, uh, I'm not putting Be the Cowboys down. Very, very quiet. <laughs> nah, uh, I, I've never been quiet in 30-plus <laughs> years of doing this crap, so why should I start now? Ricky, good to catch up. Uh, glad to hear the eye surgery went well. You'll be able to watch all those Eagle victories with no issue whatsoever this year. Thanks for hopping on with us, buddy. Anytime, fellas. Pleasure to be with you. Thanks, the voice Ricky. of the Philadelphia Eagles and Espanol. That would be one uh, Ricky Ricardo hopping aboard with us here on Birds 365. All right, McMullen and McDonald coming back. We've got uh, John Clark, he of the Takeoff Podcast, going to join us next hour. Uh, I just put a poll up on Twitter, and I will give you the early results from it and then get John's take on it when we come back here on Birds 365. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Slam dunk champion. Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mom. Mama, go up, mama! She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
to another Philadelphia Eagles season. We've got just uh, five days left before the Eagles put their faces on coming to uh, back to Philadelphia. For those who are out of town, those who have been in town working out, going to make it official, get the first Eagle gathering together uh, next week. Uh, Johnny Mack, I know Monday through Friday, you're here with me on Birds 365, but 17 and or more, and I'm saying more, uh, weeks this upcoming season. More. You're going to have to join a different party, McMullen. Um, Sunday's here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel, and um, uh, it looked very much looking forward to checking it out during the year. We've got a new post-game crew who will be handling duties after Eagles games this year. And it was officially announced yesterday. Um, Seth Joyner and uh, Mike Missanelli will be j- joining Derek Gunn and Devin Caney this year for the Eagles post-game show, doing it live from the uh, Ocean AC down uh, the shore. Uh, and John McMullen will be, as he did last year, jumping aboard live from the Eagle locker room after the games are uh, over and done with. Uh, now, here's the beauty of uh, working with Seth from afar. He's not intimidating when you're just uh, talking down the line to him. I saw him about, I guess, it was seven or eight weeks ago when Ray Dinger did his last uh, WIP broadcast. Uh, I went in. Uh, they asked a whole bunch of people to come in and jump on the air and uh, say uh, thanks to Ray. And it was my pleasure to do so, as did Seth Joyner, his partner from NBC Sports Philly. And I hadn't seen Seth in a while. I've done some radio shows with him, and he gave me uh, the bro hug when I saw him. And I just said, Seth, you look like you could still play. What the hell? Aren't you ever going to get old? Because I sure as hell look old. Seth Joyner doesn't look old at all. And he said, thanks. Yeah, he works hard on keeping his shape. I had no idea that he was going to step away from NBC Sports Philly. And I sure as hell...
Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the oohs and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the oohs and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Yes, we are back. We are experiencing some level of technical difficulties on Birds 365. As you guys can see, Jody Mack had to step back for a little bit, but I'm here with John McMullen. I am Tony DeSilva the second, stepping in for the guy. So, John, where did you guys leave off? Uh, good question. I was trying to so uh, trying to figure out what was going on there. We were talking to Ricky about the schedule and about uh, Jody was putting up a poll about who was going to win the NFC East. Uh, I, I think what Ricky said about being concerned about the New York Giants kind of took Jody by surprise. We know Jody. Anybody who listens to this show knows Jody is not high on the New York Giants, which is mainly 
um, directed towards Daniel Jones. I'm, I'm a little bit, look, I think the Giants are clearly in a rebuild mode, but I think they're finally making some good decisions. So I'm a little bit more concerned from that standpoint if I'm an Eagles fan. They seem to finally have a group in place with Joe Schoen as as uh, the general manager and Brian Dayball as the head coach, or at least making some good decisions if you compare it to Joe Judge and Jason Garrett or um, Pat Shermer or Ben McAdoo. It's been kind of a disaster, and that's been a nice – sort of respite for Eagles fans because you haven't had to worry about the New York Giants. I think maybe two or three years down the road, Tone, you're going to have to start worrying about the New York Giants again, but it's going to take a while. I think they're clearly in a rebuilding mode. The Cowboys have taken a step back, but look, the Cowboys are by far the Eagles' biggest competition in the NFC still. I think there's a clear demarcation line between the haves and the have-nots. The haves being the Cowboys and the Eagles, the have-nots being the Giants and the Commanders. Absolutely, yeah. It's so funny because the NFC East has historically been one of the lesser divisions in the NFL, right? But the Philadelphia Eagles, the Dallas Cowboys have always essentially dominated this division, at least you know for the 21st century. But you're right. The Giants are beginning to make moves that I guess you'll say indicate that they have some sense of direction. And that doesn't necessarily sit right with me, but I'll approach it from this angle. Iron shop is iron. And you're only as good as the you're only as good as the last team you played. You're only as good as your last performance. So if this division gets better, then Harry Roseman, this team has even more incentive to continue to stay on top of their game. You see, when you don't have anyone else to worry about behind you, you tend to rest on your laurels. That's just my opinion. So if the Giants get better, if the Washington football team gets better, if the Dallas Cowboys continue to stay relevant and continue to stay competitive, then naturally the Philadelphia Eagles have to follow suit and they're going to have to be on their A game in this division. Think about divisions like the AFC West teams like the Denver Broncos, the Chargers, the, 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 the Las Vegas Raiders, and, <clears throat> and the Chiefs. Those teams can't afford to have down seasons. Those teams can't necessarily afford to um, stand pat for the simple fact that they have guys in their division that are ready and willing to chop their heads off at any given Sunday. So, again, just as the Chiefs forced every team in that division to get back in their A game, I believe if the Giants and the Washington football team continue continue to trend in the right direction. And if the Dallas Cowboys continue to stay competitive, the Eagles have to stay on their A game. That's just how I look at it. Yeah, I mean, it, look, I mean, anytime you're you're trying to be a division champion, that's where you got to be first in this. Uh, every coach will tell you, you got to win your division first, and then you can start talking about the playoffs and going a little bit uh, farther. The good thing about the NFC East is you've had this sort of upheaval it's been such a sort of herky-jerky division whatever it is 17 straight years you haven't had a consecutive division champion um i mean that's the first goal right they they gotta win the nfc east and once you win the nfc east then you can start talking about the packers and the bucks and the rams and the teams 
we all think are significant, significant Super Bowl contenders. Um, I do think there's a lot of excitement because the perception is the, the Eagles have gotten better and the perception is the Cowboys have gotten a little bit worse. But I do think the Cowboys, if you're going to be honest about it, and Eagles fans aren't going to like this, but if you're going to be honest about it, they're the ones that you got to prove you can beat. You got to prove you're better than the Dallas Cowboys. And I don't mean in a meaningless game where nobody's playing anybody. I mean, in meaningful football and in theory, because of the way the schedule is set up, both games early in Philadelphia, later in Dallas on Christmas Eve, both games will be meaningful and probably tell the tale as to who is going to win this division. I think the teams are built differently. I think the Cowboys are very top-heavy, um, and I think the Eagles have a, a better overall roster. But, you know, they can throw Dak Prescott and C.D. Lamb and Ezekiel Elliott and Zach Martin and, you know, uh, uh, one of the best left tackles of all time, and they still have all these playmakers on defense, Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, Demarcus Lawrence. They got big names and, and you know, splashy difference-making players. Maybe they don't have the depth. Maybe they're not as deep as they once were. But I got to see it before I say, oh, yeah, the Eagles are just better than the Cowboys. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, the Eagles, we you, we, we can't continue to talk about this off-season championship, right? You know, you, you, can't, you can't win a Super Bowl on paper. You have to habitually come in every single week, every single game, and show the opponent that I am better than you. And like you said, and like you guys said earlier in the show, the Eagles have beaten the teams they were supposed to beat last season. That's a step in the right direction to take care of business when you're supposed to take care of business. Now, what happens next is you have to play above your means. You have to um, show that you've taken a step forward by beating teams like the Chiefs or the San Francisco 49ers or the Green Bay Packers or the Tennessee Titans or Cardinals, teams that we're going to face um, into this upcoming season. You know, so it happens pretty early, as a matter of fact. You know, we get we get the Cardinals early. We get the Dallas Cowboys pretty early as well. And De- DeAndre Hopkins for the Cardinals will not be available. His suspension is final. Um, and I believe we play them in week five or six or something like that. So um, the Eagles are going to have a – a lesser road to beat the Arizona Cardinals. How do you think the Philadelphia Eagles match up right now to the upper echelon of competition, like the Cardinals, like the Tennessee Titans and Green Bay Packers from a, from a personnel standpoint? Um, I, I think the, I think the roster and that's how I described it for a couple weeks now. I think <clears throat> the roster from two to 53, as it, I described it shapes up, pretty good there's some concerns but everybody's got concerns i mean you know people are talking about green bay losing Devonte adams you know the tennessee titans were the number one seed in the afc last year and a lot of people are dismissing them because you know a lot of teams in in, in on the afc side of the bracket made big splashes when it comes to getting better um Arizona is another team that people perceive as taking a step back. You mentioned the Hopkins uh, suspension, but also the issues they're having with Kyler Murray, um, Chandler Jones, things like that, losing him. Um, 
you know, maybe they've taken a step back. People say the same thing about Tampa Bay and the Rams. I mean, the Super Bowl champions, don't forget about them. But man, when you have when you have the superstar quarterback, it's just easier. And that's what I I, I asked Ricky Tone. I'm I'm you know from my perspective of, you know, you might win eleven games, and you might be in the same position, maybe a little bit differently. Maybe it's a home game, um, but eventually you're going to run up to run up against one of these superstar quarterbacks. Can you play with those teams? That's what we're trying to find out. I don't know if the Eagles can play with those teams right now. They certainly couldn't last year. Now they've gotten better, but and that's why we say, and I hate boiling boiling it down to the quarterback, the quarterback, the quarterback, because football is about more than a quarterback, and you can win games with game managers. We see it. The 49ers have made two significant runs over the past three years with a quarterback that I don't think, frankly, is very good. And they made a Super Bowl, and they almost won it, and they almost went back to the Super Bowl if Jacoski Tart, who's now on the Eagles, makes an interception. Um, that's how close they were. So you can win games, but it's more difficult. The margin of error is smaller. If you go back to the Super Bowl when Kansas City beat the 49ers, the 49ers outplayed them for the vast majority of that game. But they had to play a certain way. They had to play from the lead. Um, They had to control the clock. They had to shorten the game. They were doing it all perfectly. And all of a sudden, bang, big play, big play. They're losing. That margin of error evaporates. Then you got to rely on Jimmy Garoppolo to get you back in the game. You can't get back in the game. So what having a superstar quarterback gives you, no guarantees. Aaron Rodgers has only got one. There's no guarantees. What it gives you is a larger margin for error. Absolutely. And, and that's what we're trying to find out from Jalen Hurts, right? Does Jalen Hurts have what it takes to essentially – help this team in various situations. Some of the situations that come to mind for me, fourth quarter, your team's down by 10, your defense forces a turnover, now you have an, now you have an opportunity to make it a one-possession one game. Can you drive the full 80 yards of the field to put your team in a position to win? Are you capable of driving in the final two minutes to put your team in field goal position to keep the game winning field goal? You know, Are you capable of making that big throw in the third and long in a big game, in a big spot, when your defense has been struggling, are you able to continue to put points on the board? There are so many scenarios that indicate whether a guy is elite or not, whether a guy can really carry the torch or not. And we're still trying to find out if Jalen Hurts can be that guy. And, you know, there are so many quarterbacks in this NFL. I believe there aren't actually many – there aren't as many elite quarterbacks as people think. And those guys are harder to find than the average fan may realize you know some people may think hey blow it up draft the quarterbacks all over it's not that simple right and sometimes you have to sometimes you have to be okay with who you are sometimes you have to be okay with what you see in the mirror and I'm not saying the Philadelphia Eagles can't improve that quarterback because you know Jalen Hurts yes he's he had he has shown us a good amount but Jalen Hurts is someone who still has a lot to prove but ultimately Jalen Hurts has to put himself in the category of being at this point in his career, he he doesn't have to necessarily be elite, if you ask me. 
Um, he not had- to win games. No, right. I mean, right. like, you know, and that's what we kind of talk uh, talked about with Ricky as well. Is you know, by week seven last year when it was a two and five start. Either way, somewhere in that middle range of the season, week seven, week eight, week nine. I think ultimately we're going to find out if by that point, if, 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 if the Eagles have to shift their offensive philosophy again, that pretty much tells you, all right, this, this quarterback's going to be a game manager. You can win games that way, but he's going to be a game manager. Um, and that's a big, that's a big question because if, if you make that decision, I think the Eagles are going to go in a different direction come after the 2022 season. So they're going to start looking for a significant upgrade, and they should. And we got Jody back. Technical difficulties. Bang. Popping right back up. Back from <laughs> yeah. the dead. Like the Undertaker. You should do that. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll take that. Um, yeah, and I think it had something to do with the internet service at my house because my TV froze up on the NFL network as well. Uh, James Palmer looking real ugly with his face frozen. Uh, almost, <laughs> almost as ugly as well, I, I could, never I know. That's the problem with this uh, the streaming system. I never know if it's me, if it's Jody, if it's Tone, if it's everybody. You never know. You're talking into the ether. Now, what do you mean you never one... know? I always know it's your fault, McMahon. Oh. <laughs> Anytime it freezes, oh, I know yeah. Johnny Mac did something wrong. Except exactly. when he didn't. Then, so yeah. I'm, I'm talking it's, in the ether, and I'm just, you know, I don't know if anybody's hearing me. I don't know if anybody's listening. That's one of the things. But, yeah, we get through it. This was this was on me. And or it's really not on me. It's on yeah, my, it wasn't really my, my anymore, cable right? provider. Comcast kind of uh, dropped the ball here. Don't know what the hell happened, but uh, I apologize for dropping off and taking John McMullen with me, apparently, when that happened. So uh, that's that's uh, my bad and or Comcast bad. All right, uh, Tone, are we still looking at? Uh... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Can we lose, Johnny? Is Mr. Clark no. going to join us next? Uh, okay, there we go, Jody. We got you back. We almost lost you again. We so almost next. lost you again, Jody. Yep, John Clark should be good to go. I've been emailing and texting him. He sent me the thumbs up, so we're good to go. All right, I got I got a frozen Jody Mac again, so yeah. we might yeah, still so be having some Let me drop Jody down a little bit. But, yes, um, John Clark will be joining us at 920 in a couple minutes. He should be hopping on any minute. Uh, and, there, and, then at, and then at some point we're going to take a break. Uh, but, you know, until then, you know, John. Yeah, we got John in the green room. So let's go to break town, and then we'll bring our buddy John Clark from NBC Sports Philadelphia, NBC 10. More Birds 365 after the break. Absolutely. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the Oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the oohs and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of Birds 365. I'm joined by the legendary John McMullen, and we also have a very, very, very special guest. I know, John Clark, you probably were expecting Jody Mack in the building with John McMullen, but unfortunately, we're experiencing some technical difficulties, and I, the producer, uh, will try to hold it down until Jody Mack gets back on board. But, John, how are you feeling? Doing great today. How are you guys doing? Good to see you, John. Uh, John Clark, obviously, NBC Sports Philadelphia, NBC 10, anchor at 6 and 10. Also, listen to Take Off with John Clark. Tremendous, tremendous podcast. Uh, John, Eagles about to start training camp. I know one of your takeoffs recently, you talked with Miles Sanders about goals and expectations. That's the thing with me with this team is the expectations. They're, they are they are ramped up, my friend. Do you do you get that sense uh, w- with not only the Eagles but the fan base around Philadelphia? Absolutely. Uh, good morning, John. Good morning, Tone. Good to see you guys again. Uh, I do think uh, that the expectations uh, keep going up, and it's one of those things where I think I heard after all of the signings and after all the moves were made, people were starting to talk about could this team possibly be a Super Bowl contender? And I'm like, whoa, pump the brakes here. <laughs> like, we got to see this team in training camp, and we got to see the quarterback. Let's just slow it down a little bit here. Let's try to enjoy the ride here and see if they can be a contender in the division. Um, look, I like a lot of the moves they've made. I think a lot of things look good on paper. But as we know in the NFL – If you want to be one of those final four teams, one of those final six teams in the NFL, you have to have 
tremendous quarterback play. And that, to me, is the question mark. We're going to see if Jalen Hurts can take that next step because that's what you need. And uh, you can have all the young talent on offense, but you got to stay healthy. And the quarterback has, has to take that leap. Yeah, and, you know, John, with the quarterback, and I hate to boil everything down, but you're right. I mean, when you start talking about the NFL and getting to the level where the Eagles want to get, eventually you're going to have to go through, look what happened last year, Tom Brady. It might be Aaron Rodgers. It might be Matthew Stafford. Eventually you're going to have to match up with that superstar quarterback. And Jody Mack is back as well. So we have John Clark. We got Jody Mack. So let me just finish off that thought, John. You're going to have to match up with that superstar quarterback. So when I look at this roster, I get pretty excited about two through 53. But that number one, both literally and figuratively with Jalen Hurts, because he wears number one, that's what it's all about for this team, isn't it? I mean. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, we saw – positive steps last year but they really had the most run heavy offense in the nfl and then when it got to the playoffs and you faced a winning team for the first time i believe the number is they were zero and seven yeah at the end of the year teams that wound up having a winning record now the saints they faced them when they had a winning record but they had a lot of injuries a lot of players missing with covid and stuff like that so I need to see them beat a winning team. 0 for 7 against teams that wound up with a winning record. Then you face the Bucs, and they didn't belong on the field with the Bucs. And you saw what that defense and mixing up looks and things like that did to Jalen Hurts. So Jalen has put in all of the time. He has worked out most of the offseason. He got together with A.J. Brown. He got together with Devontae Smith and A.J. recently in South Jersey. He's putting in all of the work. But we need to see that next step. And look, I think there have been reasons why he hasn't taken that next step because he hasn't had the same play caller two years in a row since high school. But we need to see that. And I think with the offense, the way it's set up now, with all the talent that they have, when you have A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, all these pieces, you're going to see it open up a little bit more. Uh, You're going to have somebody open. Somebody's going to have man coverage on every play. And it's up to Jalen to throw receivers open, to be accurate with that football, the anticipation throws, and get that ball to the receiver or the tight end that has that man coverage. Johnny Clark, thank you very much for uh, filling in for me with my technical issues ass. You did an outstanding job uh, and are much better looking. So thank you very much for that. Uh, got, uh, here's, the, here's where I want to go next with you. Uh, you talked plenty about the passing game and the added weapons and Jalen Hurts and his attitude. Last year, they're the number one run team in the National Football League. And a lot of that was on Jalen Hurts' legs, making plays for himself, some designated runs, some, all right, can't get the ball out, too much pressure, nobody open, take off and turn 25 yards up the field, which was very successful for the Eagles. The running game this year, Miles Sanders. Final year of a contract, certainly a motivated individual. A couple of weeks ago said they they have an all-star type team. How are they going to get the most out of Miles Sanders? Who is that on this year? Is it on the play calling? Is it on the head coach, Miles himself? I know it's a combination of all of them, but 
who is the individual that will see to it that the Eagles get the most out of Miles Sanders that they can this year? Well, that's Nick Sirianni. And uh, look, last year they're two and five, and they say, okay, we cannot throw the ball as much as we're throwing it. We cannot put it all on Jalen Hurts' shoulders. We need to use what is the best part of our offense, and that's the offensive line, and let's run behind them. So they completely changed their offense. And look, we all know in this league you have to have a passing offense. Jeff Lurie, Howie Roseman, Nick Sirianni. Nick was hired to throw the ball. His concepts as a play caller, being a receiver and a receiver's coach. So we know they want to throw the ball more. They now have A.J. Brown added into the mix. They're going to want to do what they set out to do last year and throw the ball because that is ultimately how you get to the Super Bowl. So when you look at it that way, I don't think Miles Sanders is going to get a ton more carries. I think they're going to manage his workload because I think Miles is that type of guy where if you give him the 20, 23 carries a game, he may get nicked up a little bit. So I think that they want to manage those carries. And look, I do think that you're going to see them add another back. Jordan Howard is still out there. Yeah. And, Break and, that glass, John Clark. Break yeah, it. Look, yeah, and look, they they run the ball pretty good with Jordan Howard. I think he averaged 4.7 yards a carry last year behind arguably the best offensive line in football. You need that guy who can get you that tough yard or two. And I think they're going to add somebody, whether it's Jordan Howard or not. But I think they're going to manage Miles Sanders again because – You don't want him getting up near 20 carries uh, because of the durability. And I think you want to have him for the stretch run. So I think they're going to manage his carries. I would like to see him catch the ball a little bit more. I know he had some drops, but he believes that he can catch the ball. He's worked hard on it. So I I don't think you're going to see an explosion of like, hey, it's all going to go to Miles Sanders. I think they're going to manage him once again, and they're going to throw the ball. I agree, John. Now, but here's the thing. Uh, Nick likes a running back by committee. You know that. He admits that uh, on on the record. They want to get Kenny Gainwell involved with the third downs and, and the hurry-up offense. He's a great natural pass catcher. You recently spoke, as I said to Miles, on, on your takeoff with John Clark podcast. Does he realize that? Does he understand that? probably the volume is not going to be there for him to get that 1,300-yard season. It's going to be more of a situational-type setup. Well, yeah, that is a big, huge question because I think Miles sees some of these other younger players that the Eagles have having been locked up uh, with contract extensions, and that's normally what the Eagles do, but I think there must be – a general disagreement on the value of Miles Sanders and what he should get as far as a new contract. And you said it, this NFL, you saw the Patriots win all those years with different running backs every year and running backs can lose it quickly. They can get hurt. And since it's a passing league, a lot of teams think they can draft that running back in the fourth or fifth round and insert him. And we see with Boston Scott, he goes in, especially against the Giants and does well. So I I think that's going to be one of the most fascinating things to see what happens with Miles Sanders and his contract situation after the season. And I think that is in the back of his mind because when I had him on my podcast, I asked him about how you can become the best because he said he wants to be the best. And he said, 
specifically, I need to be more consistent and I need more opportunities. He did say that. He said, I'm going to be honest. I need more opportunities. So he obviously wants to run the ball more. And I also believe he wants to catch the ball more. He definitely wants to catch the ball more. He wants more opportunities. But I don't think in this offense you're necessarily going to have that for him because I, I do think they have the same style running back with Gainwell and Miles Sanders. They don't have that big, big back yet. I do think they'll sign him. But I think they have that same style running back. And I do think Nick wants to get the ball into Kenny's hands, especially in the passing game. So that is going to be one of the most fascinating questions with the Eagles this year is what happens with Miles Sanders. Does he get a contract extension? Does he get one that he believes is fair to him? Uh, because I don't think they're just going to add a whole bunch of carries and workload to him. All right, Johnny Clark, this question's for you, but JM, if you also want to give an answer, please do so. Cause you guys are going to get your first chance to talk to some of the Eagle players, quote unquote, in season when camp opens up next week, are either one of you guys going to go down the Madden road? Because uh, the Eagles couple of positions, uh. numbers have leaked out and, they aren't exactly flattering for the Eagles. A.J. Brown, not a top 10 wide receiver. Dallas Goddard, no better than the eighth best tight end. Hassan Reddick, nowhere to be found in the top 10 edge pass rushers. I know it's just a silly video game, and I'm not a gamer, yeah. so it doesn't bother me much. But both of you guys know they take this stuff seriously. Hassan was on uh, Twitter. He was upset about his Madden rating. I'm not asking because I don't give a fly. <laughs> but John, you might. Johnny ask Clark, him. you'll do it, right? You'll yeah. you'll get him feeling on the Madden rating or lack thereof, right? Hey Jody, thanks for being a good producer. That's a good storyline. I like it. I like it because because yeah. like these guys, they take it seriously. Yeah. We saw Slay yeah. and how upset they get, and they 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 really care about that rating. It means oh, a lot yeah. to them because this is. This is the video game generation. Um, but I think A.J. Brown, um, that's a little ridiculous because let's consider the quarterback that he had as well. Um, so it's not like he had a top six quarterback. Um, A.J. Brown, um, I think, is going to have a big year. And I think, I think it's huge that Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown have worked out a lot in the offseason. They talk about being best friends, BFFs. Yeah. And I think that means a lot because the quarterback-receiver relationship is absolutely huge. And it's also big Devontae played with Jalen Hurts in college, and, and they're friendly. So um, I, think, I think these guys take it as an affront if, if they do have a bad rating or disagree with the rating. Um, have they officially come out, or how do these leak? Does the Madden – uh, company send some of these out to oh, get yeah. the buzz. Going. Yeah, yeah. They've leaked yeah. a couple of positions: yeah, tight they, end, uh, wide receiver, and edge rusher. Uh, edge yeah. rushers. They generally uh, do it every day. Tomorrow, yeah. But the Eagles have been, I think, underranked and or underappreciated in all three of the positions so far. So yeah, you might get a couple of guys with chips on their shoulder when you get there, Johnny Clark. Yeah. I, I agree. That is a great storyline. By the way, I mean Dallas Goddard. He, he spent half the year. You know, Zach Ertz was still with the Eagles, so I think you give him a full year with that athleticism. He's got the speed and the size, and he's going to have some open matchups over the middle with the receivers out there. I definitely think next year – I guarantee next year that his rating will be better because I, I think he's a top six 
top top six, top seven tight end in the NFL. Do you guys agree? I got a top five. I top got him high. Yeah, I think he's five, one yeah. of the best tight ends in football. I think it's Kittle, Andrews, uh, Kelsey, and then you can argue wow. from that point. But here's the thing about Dallas Goddard. Same thing with Travis Kelsey. Look, Travis is you know one of the great pass catching tight ends of all time. But Dallas Goddard and Kittle and Andrews, it's really an endangered species, John. They're old school tight ends. They can block. You know, you can talk about Kyle Pitts, a Billy kid. He's really a glorified receiver. Same thing with Darren Waller. I remember when Darren Waller, you might remember this, John, when the Ravens, he was a six-round pick of the Ravens, and he came in that year as a rookie. They were doing joint practices at Novacare, and he ate the Eagles alive as a six-foot-six receiver, and they shifted him. They ultimately shifted him to tight end. Dallas is one of the best blockers in this league, and he's a great receiver. But that leads me down my next road, John. You're mentioning A.J., Devontae. There's only one football. It's a nice problem to have, and it's a problem the Eagles haven't had in recent years. But now they have all these weapons that they all want the football. Does that become a concern at some point? You know, I I do think – that these are these guys are team guys. Uh, we saw it with Dallas Goddard, with Zach Ertz still being there. Zach went through it with Brent Selleck. Um, and I do think these guys are team guys. And I think the relationship that Jalen Hurts has with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, I think that is a big thing because, yeah, everybody wants the football. Receivers want the football. Miles Sanders wants the football. Dallas Goddard wants the football. But, look, I, I, I think – they're all young. They're all young. They're growing together. It's not like you have a T.O. coming in, a veteran, or somebody who has had 80, 90, 95 catches, whatever it is, year after year. They're all young. They're all 23, 24 as far as receivers go. So I, I, think, I think that won't be a problem. And I think, you know, it's the old Andy Reid style where you're going to spread that ball around. And that's the way to do it. Some, some games – A.J. Brown may get 100 yards. Another game, it might be Dallas Goddard's game. But I think because they're so young and they don't have that guy that uh, has has been there for eight years, nine years, whatever it is, I, I don't think that's going to be an issue. J.C., I've been told by a couple of different people that your backhand is well above average. So I need to know, are you planning on spending any quality time on the tennis courts of Haddonfield, Uh-oh. just in case a football team, the Redskin, the Commanders fan decides to get out there on the court next to uh, Coach Sirianni. We need you there to give us the actual skinny on what is said if Coach Sirianni has an issue with a out-of-town fan playing tennis here in town. Well, that, that was such a great story because I think it shows the fire of Nick Sirianni. I mean, he gets fired up. And, and he, he is hyped and he is all in here in Philadelphia. So I think he was busting some chops, giving the guy, uh, you know, a, a little bit of grief. But I, I don't think that he got over the top and upset and was yelling at the guy. He, he busts some chops. He likes to mix it up, mix it up a little bit. And um, I, I, I love the story. 
I, I think it's fantastic. And I will go undercover as a tennis player. <laughs> and, and, and I will try to get to the bottom of this and maybe yeah. even try to bring in some undercover Cowboys fans and have them yeah. on the court next to Nick and, and see if Nick kind of sprays a couple balls their way. Um, but I, I love it. Didn't you guys love that, that the, the coach cares that much and is all in on Philly? Yeah, I, well, we already knew that, John. But, I mean, I, I think people don't realize how Nick can get fired up. He's yeah. he's very likable. He's very nice. But he gets really fired up. He was really upset. What was it? The Vegas game, I think, where somebody threw a jersey at him. after they, He was really upset by that. Then you had the flower incident. Um, he gets he gets fired up. And that that's... Uh, a part of his personality that, that people don't get to see that often. And I think it's good because he's, he's, he's very engaging, but he's also tough when he needs to be tough. And that that's a difficult job head coach in the NFL. So year two for Nick Sirianni, I think we saw a lot of growth, but I, I want to center on one particular thing with you, John, and that's the play calling because Nick has now, admitted he's giving up the play calling. I personally like that. I like CEO coaches. I don't want a glorified offensive coordinator as my head coach. I want a guy who's going to be involved with the whole team. What's your take on on CEO coaches? What's your take on a young coach being comfortable enough to give up play calling halfway through his first season? Look, I, I think that says a lot about Nick, and, and I think if you go back to the first year, uh, as I said, I mean, he was hired specifically for his acumen with yeah. being a play caller, working with quarterbacks, working with receivers, and him being a receiver, it's a passing league. And yet he, he kind of did that self-scouting with some help with his coaches and everybody else and said, you know what? It's not working throwing the ball. We need to run the ball. And – they dialed it back and said, you know what? Okay, we're going to run the ball. We're going to be a running team. And look, that takes away a little bit of the creativity of an offensive play caller with all of the dis- different passing concepts. So I think I-, I think he separates his ego in these decisions. And I, and I think it's great because he must have seen that um, Shane Steichen was doing a good job or that his play calls are good. Of course, he wouldn't have a play caller whose play callers don't whose play calls don't work. So I think him setting his ego aside and saying, you know what? I think it's going to work best this way. I think that that's great because we all know when he came in as head coach of the Eagles, he says, I'm going to call the plays. And that is, I remember Andy Reid, that is their favorite part of the job yeah. is calling the plays. So to give that up, I think, He's obviously doing it for the betterment of the offense and the betterment of the team. So I think each step of the way we have seen Nick, um, I think he's put his ego aside. I think it also shows up with these offseason programs and listening to his veterans. He's basically listening to what his veterans are saying about lessening the workload. I I know a lot of people are saying, hey, they have too many days off, too many walkthroughs. Uh, resting the veterans too much, but he is putting aside the work that he wants to get in and came to an agreement with his veterans to have more walkthroughs and and kind of mental reps. Um, So I think each step of the way we've seen Nick let go of stuff. And I'll tell you one guy who didn't do that. That's Chip Kelly. 
and the ego got in the way yeah. of Chip Kelly. We're not seeing that with Nick Sirianni. I don't need you take on this. We discussed it earlier. We had uh, Ricky Ricardo. No, you're uh, uh, well aware of Rick, the voice of the Eagles, and Espanol. And we separated on how we look at this a little bit. So I want to get uh, your stance. Eagles schedule this year. Open up at Detroit, one of the worst teams in the NFL last year. Minnesota, non-playoff team. Washington, well behind the Eagles in the division. Jacksonville, number one pick of the draft again this year. That's a pretty easy way to start the schedule. Uh, two home games, two road games. But no killer team at the start of the Eagles schedule. If you had been given the 17 games and they said, Johnny Clark, put them in whatever order you want to give the Eagles the best chance to have the best record at the end of the season. Good thing or bad thing that the Eagles schedule, at least on paper, starts early. Would you rather start uh, easy and watch it get a little tougher as you go? Would you want to start tougher and say, hey, let's get easy on the back end? How would you have constructed the Eagles' schedule if it was up to you as a good thing or a bad thing that they've got uh, winnable games to start the year? Great thing. And I'll tell you what, in today's NFL, when you watch September football, it's almost like preseason football. Yeah, yeah. Because they don't get enough reps in the preseason. September is preseason football. So I think to have a soft schedule to start off, I think that's fantastic. And the only problem I have with the schedule is I was so looking forward to going to Chicago in September, beautiful Chicago in September, not later in the year where it gets <laughs> cold and windy and it is frigid in Chicago in the winter. Christmas Eve, you're not going to, yeah. whoa, 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 they play December 18th. You're not looking yeah. forward to being in That's Chicago tough. on December no. 18th. That's tough. That's tough. And neither is Jake Elliott with the winds yeah. there for kicking. <laughs> but, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you one other good thing is that most of the road games, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm correct about this, most of the road games in cold places around the road are in domes. Yes. Uh, now, Detroit doesn't matter. That was in September. But Indianapolis, I believe, uh, that's kind of, what, October-ish? Um, yeah, no, November 20th. You're right. It might be chilly by then, sneaking up on Thanksgiving. Yeah, so yeah. That's, that's a dome there. And then Arizona doesn't matter, but that's a dome. So, look, I think you've got uh, – I don't think – I think Chicago might be your toughest – cold weather city of course you've got washington and um philadelphia but uh, uh sorry uh, uh metlife stadium but yeah. I, I think i think the road schedule is very favorable and you have some of the good teams coming here instead of going on the road so i, I think it's a very favorable schedule for the eagles uh and i i do think it's great they start off with a softer schedule because i'll tell you the first couple of weeks of NFL football, sometimes it's tough to watch because these guys are just getting going. Yeah, it is sometimes tough to watch. Uh, follow the great John Clark at J Clark NBCS, Johnny Airport, NBC 10, 6 and 11 sports anchor. Also, the takeoff podcast with John Clark, the latest Kyle Schwarber of the Phillies on his historic June production. So get that wherever your podcasts are. Now, I'm getting to the important stuff, John. The important stuff for me. And that's, you know, you might not remember this, but I remember this. Before the pandemic, I remember we were talking about the wrestling flyer. And you had found them in your garage or something. You found your old wrestling flyers. 
and you were going to bring them to me. And then the pandemic hit. I want my Terry Von Eric interview. Do you still have those things? Uh, that is, I do remember that conversation. I believe it was in the press box and we were talking some good old wrestling. Um, and uh, I do have some of my old newsletters that I was writing and they are in the garage. I did find them. I've, I'll dust them off. I will them. <laughs> and I really appreciate you, you actually remembering that and having an interest. Oh, yeah. I because I totally remember. Look, I, I believe I was in high school when I was doing this, but I was interviewing Carrie Von Eric, and all of a sudden the line went dead. You know, we're on we're on regular phones, no cell phones. Yeah, yeah. The line goes dead, and I'm like, well, what happened? Oh my goodness! So I press stop on the record, and then I, I call him back, and then he finally answers like ten minutes later. He's like, Hey man, I'm sorry, I dropped my phone in the toilet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, you know. Th those are kind of the old school wrestling things, but uh, but I, I remember that conversation, um, and uh, and and I really enjoyed doing those shoot interviews with those wrestlers yeah. because yeah. there was that certain time where they were willing to talk about anything and everything, whereas before they weren't. So I appreciate that. I will bring them to camp. I appreciate it, John. All I'm right. looking forward to it. One shoot interview I'd like to do would be Dr. Britt Baker, but uh, we don't yeah. necessarily need to go there right now. Um, I if uh, it's not a wrestling uh, spot you're going to be doing for the Takeoff podcast, we got a bunch of new personalities coming in with the Philadelphia Eagles this year. Some are going to have huge contributions or be asked to make those huge contributions. Other guys going to be allowed to develop and the like. But their personality is what their personality is. I don't know if you've already put the request in, but I'm sure you're thinking along those lines. Who's the newest Eagle that John Clark will be working hard to get on his takeoff podcast? Oh, man. A.J. Brown. I mean, you saw his Twitter game already. A.J. Brown is going to be a fun guy to cover. So, A.J. Brown, number one. All right. We'll be uh, waiting with bated breath. J.C., we appreciate you coming on board. We'll punch you up in season. Enjoy your grass time with McMullen. Thanks for jumping in uh, to the stream with us today. Hey, you got it, guys. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Johnny Tom. Clark from NBC Sports Philly, the Takeoff Podcast, hanging with us here on Birds 365. See now, yes. A.J. Brown's already been in the league, has established himself as a star-level type player. Yeah, I'm not sure which Eagle I'd want to talk to most. I, you know question. you know how big a Kobe Dean fan I am, and I'd love yeah. to just be able to pick his brain a little bit because I think he's got a great football IQ. Yeah. And Jordan Davis seems like he's got more personality than he knows what to do with, so <laughs> he would be a very entertaining interview as well. It's not as simple as just, oh, who's the best player they got? Oh, it's no, got to be yeah. uh, Mr. Or, or, uh, Brown. You would like, it's got to be a personality guy. Like Jalen Hurts, great guy, but he's going to be, you know, he's going to be on point, man. Very stoic. Yeah, he's he's not going to give you a lot. So it's got to be somebody with personality. I like your pick. Jordan Davis, yeah, he's kind of, he hasn't figured out you got to tone it down yet. You got to get in early before he realizes I got to tone down some of that personality. <laughs> exactly. What kind of interview are you looking to procure? All right. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. Cross your fingers. No more internet issues. We've got about uh, 10 minutes left here to put a bow on the show. <laughs> Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles 
and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Slam dunk champion. Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So that's all right. I go to look. Fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama. She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. down until the Eagles report the camp, which will be Tuesday of next week. Uh, so it should be fun the last couple of days this week and then actually the return of football next week. All right, J-Mac, two guys I did want to touch on today and didn't get to because I had internet issues for those of you just streaming in now. Uh, and I thank John and, and Tone for uh, picking up uh, for me and also John Clark uh, here in our final hour. Um one guy, we were just talking about personalities, and personalities are great. You'll love to talk to guys who have uh, big personalities if you're going above and beyond just watching them play, and we try and do that with the interviews we do here on Birds 365. Uh, two guys with a lot of personality as well, but completely opposite personalities. Shady McCoy always had personality when he was here in town. Pretty damn good player, too, mm -hmm. and plenty of personality. Yesterday on a podcast... He gives us a uh, in the rearview mirror scouting report that 11 years ago when the Eagles signed Namdi Asawa, he knew first practice in, oh my God, what the hell did we do? 
this guy isn't near as good as he was uh, believed to be. Uh, wh- why do guys like Shady do that? I don't know. 11 years Shady's after the fact, thing. you're now going to tell us, hey, I knew that first practice Nami was going to be a flat-out bust. Yeah. Why, why did guys got do it that? wrong. It, was, it, was, it wasn't Brent Selleck. Uh, Clay Harbor was Clay Harbor uh, who beat him. So, um, but anyway, uh, I don't know. And what does it matter at this point? You know, Jashawn and LaShawn, you know, did that thing a while ago where they were cutting down McNabb. And I, I don't know. I was it, uh, you know, they've cut down ship in the past. I, I don't, I don't understand it. I, I can't give you an answer to that. Annoys the snot out of me. All right, that's the downside, because I thought that was kind of low class by Deshaun Watson. Let's go to the other side, the high class, the best class, and that's Dick Vermeil. Uh, it was announced yesterday that Dick Vermeil will get to close out the Hall yeah. of Fame inductions this year. They've got eight guys going in, um, a couple posthumously, as uh, we know about Sam Mills. Um, but eight individuals uh, who will be inducted, and uh, most of them will be able to give their induction speech, and they're saving Dick Vermeil for last. Now, I did read today that they hope that the inductees can keep their speech to six minutes. Good luck with that. They're going to Academy Award them off the stage with the music. Going to play the music to get them off the stage if they go too long. They can't really believe Dick Vermeil's going to get this done in six minutes, can they? Um, they, they, you know, I, I've never, I, it's funny you say that, Jody, because I always get and I put it out as soon as I got it, the induction order, the Hall of Fame sends it out, and I put it up, and I guess I, I read the whole email for the first time, and I noticed the Academy Award stuff, and. I don't know if they did that in the past or claimed they were going to do it in the past, but um, so I don't know where it started, but it never works. Uh, it, it never seems to limit people. So uh, I don't know, but I'm more interested in the order because I think they put Dick last because uh, they want the crime to, to end it. And they want that, uh, that TV moment. Yeah, Dick's a famous crier at this point. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he is a class individual, but, oh, I can pretty much guarantee you the music's going to play. If they're not kidding, if they're really going to try and Oh, it's going to play, yeah. Oh, Dick will go long-term when he gets a chance to step in front of the Hall of Fame class. Uh, And, yes, I'll be tuned for it, and I'll be recording it just in case I'm on the air at that time. Um, looking very much forward to hearing Dick from you when he does get inducted. It's a good couple of weeks down the road. August, it's, it's Saturday in August, one of the first uh, Saturdays. August 8th is the game. So sixth. I think the 5th, uh, the, um, yeah, probably August 5th, 6th, somewhere in yeah, that range. It's, it's whenever the, the Saturday falls. Uh, I think it's 6th, yeah. So uh, that should be fun. We got a couple of weeks to uh, build up to that. We'll talk about that and everything else Eagles related here on Birds 365. Um, Jay Mac, shame, shame on me. I should know off the top of my head. Jeff Mosher tomorrow, and... uh, uh, Thursday, right? Jeff Kerr, Jeff Kerr, Jeff Mosher. Couple we of got Jeffs. a couple of Jeffs joining yeah. us tomorrow. All right, cool. Kerr and Mosher will both be here tomorrow. I'll be here, technology and the internet permitting. Yeah. Sorry about that, folks. But when the and internet he... goes down, there's nothing you can do about it. You just gotta yeah. keep 
Refresh Don't forget the heat. Maybe it's maybe it's too hot for the internet. Yeah, Ooh, that's not good because it's only going to get hotter. Uh, partner, I'm going to try and be here tomorrow. Are you in? I'm going to try, Jody. I'm going to try. We're both going to try. Mac and Mac guys going to give it their best effort to be right here in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.